Welcome everyone to the latest Avershawn podcast. We have been off for a little bit due to busy, busy schedules, uh, some unfortunate illnesses here and there. We are back. There is a ton for us to get into, so let's not waste any time. Let's get going right now. Welcome, everyone, to the first Average Sean podcast in a while. Chris and I are back after I have been absolutely just inundated with stuff to do from sunup to sundown, seemingly 24-7. Uh, so I finally have a chance to catch my breath. Chris, how are you doing? I'm uh, maybe not as busy as you, but if you can't tell from my voice, uh, I've been uh, quite under the weather the past week. However, finally starting to feel human again. Um but yeah, I'm happy to be back. What did I send you this morning when we touch base? Return of the goofs. So something like that, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's um let's not waste any time because we have plenty to get into. And we're gonna start with probably I'd say the most relieving news of the day, uh, or at least of the week. Aaron Rodgers is not going to spend the entire NFL offseason playing the douchebag. He has made his decision. He announced it on the Pat McAfee show that his intentions are to literally follow Brett Favre's footsteps, movement for movement, and leave the Green Bay Packers and go play for the New York Jets. So, um, Chris, I know that neither you nor I are particularly fans of the... I'm going to sarcastically say smartest man in the room, Aaron Rodgers. So how do you feel about this news and the end of what could have been a very long drama filled summer well i don't think the drama's over i'm just gonna say that much i mean obviously the drama involving the packers is over um i have a lot of mixed thoughts on this to be completely honest with you um for the jets just looking at the raw value obviously you got to be happy for them it's been a long time since they've had even a serviceable quarterback let alone someone that you could still say is at the prime of their, like the, uh, the tail end of the prime of their career. And, uh, you know, I get it. Rogers had a down year last year, but he was hurt. Had all like basically rookie receivers that he was throwing to clearly was not happy. And at the end of the day, we're a massive upgrade from Zach Wilson and um, good old Mike White. Right. Hey, Mike White was was better than Zach Wilson when he went in. I won't say he was good, but he was better than Zach Wilson. Now, with that being said, I don't necessarily agree with how Aaron is handling all this. And I'm trying to think of the right way to put it into words. I get that he has walked the walk, right? He has won a Super Bowl. He has won multiple MVPs. Dude is a surefire Hall of Famer, right? I think don't think there's any question there. He's a stud. Yeah. However, with that being said, you got to walk the walk in order to talk the talk. And right now, he's basically saying a giant middle finger to all media out there, except for his buddy, A.J. Hawk and Pat McAfee. And uh, I get it. I mean, I think that at a certain extent, the media does need to be kept intact. In and I think that those lines get blurred way too often. And I also think that this is, 
excuse the coughing fit. Um, <laughs> this, this is your flu game. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully, coming out of the flu game, um, I do think that this is Aaron's way of putting up a shield to basically tell the media to stay off his back, especially going to a city that is known for the media just absolutely destroying players. This is his way of putting up almost like a a healthy barrier. So that way, say he has a two, three-week stretch where he doesn't play that well. Or, you know, he's going to have to, I don't want to say learn a new system, but he's going to be wearing a different shade of green than he's ever wore before. And, uh, you know, that might take some adjustment, right? We don't know what he looks like outside of Green Bay. Maybe he just wasn't a fan of the yellow pants. Hey, I mean, not many people are, right? Um, um, Now, I think that this is basically him saying to the media, I hold the cards here. Let me do the talking or the lack thereof and leave me alone. Just let me play the game. Let me call my own shots. But with that being also, you know, with that being said, it just, it just, it's drama for no reason. Right. And I'm sure, uh, you know, every other major news outlet is going to rip him for that. So I'm not going to go on a huge spiel, but it's just like, come on, man, you've won one Super Bowl. Right. Uh, I can think of a lot of other super, uh, other, a lot of other quarterbacks that have won more Super Bowls that didn't pull this shit. So, and rant. Throw the mic your way. I want to hear good old Sean's thoughts on this. All right. So I like I'm happy that in in my view it's over because now whatever he does with the Jets, at least I know he's playing next year. And I know that he is going to be on the team. He's going to be on that specific team. There's no will he or won't he? Will he come? Will he go? Sort of thing. He's there. Now, whenever he talks, frankly, I can just tune it out. So whatever he says now until the season starts, I could care less about because a lot of what he says is going to be like stupid. As I referred to earlier, I'm the smartest guy in the room and you're just a plebe that's, you know, a pawn in the universe or something like that. Some Kyrie Irving level, you know, nonsense that just sounds less crazy because it's coming from a dude who's been playing in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Wisconsin for the entirety of his career. So I'm, I'm exhausted of his stuff, and I, I really am falling through similar footsteps to what I was falling through with Brett Favre when he was going through this process. I mean, it, it does have the exact same shades of what he was doing. I don't I don't think that, you know, Rodgers is going to end up going into Minnesota after, but I think that's because Minnesota is probably going to, you know, look to go younger, not going to look to go the far route, something like that, but we've already completed step two of the Brett Favre stuff, which was, you know, first step is, is he going to retire? Is he coming back? We don't know. Step two, he gets traded to the jets. So he's there. Cool. I'm tired of this chick, dude. Like I'm tired of it. Don't get me wrong. I can appreciate guys who don't really want to say a lot to the media. Don't really want to talk a ton. I can get that because in all honesty, if I had my way in this world, if you made me choose between between being rich and famous or just rich and nobody knows who I am, I would happily choose rich and nobody knows who the hell I am. Because that way, at the very least, when I want to be left alone, I can be left alone. But here's the problem with that when it comes to Rodgers. You knew what you were signing up for. You have had the option the last couple of years to retire. 
that could have put an end to this for you, whether you realize it or not. Because once you retire, people stop coming to you a lot unless you specifically go to the media. So he doesn't want to not talk to the media. He wants to go to the media that he's just comfortable with. So he's really not saying, you know, I don't want to talk to the media. He's just saying, I want to be a big baby and talk to the guys who I'm comfortable with rather than, you know, do my job free willingly and talk to, you know, the reporters whose jobs are to come talk to me. Don't get me wrong. I certainly understand there being an aspect that AJ Hawk and Pat McAfee both played in the league. So you feel like those guys might be able to get a little bit more of a connection with you than some guy who has never played in the league or, you know, at best maybe played like D3 football and decided to go into journalism. Who knows? But at the same time, that is like such a gatekeeping sort of mindset that almost feels like, you know, football is going, if if football were to go in the direction that like he kind of wants things to go, it's almost like, you know, a, a members only sort of club where those who have played are the only ones who can talk to those who have played or those who are playing at the moment. If you haven't played too bad, so sad, listen to what those of us who quote unquote know what we're talking about have to say about this. Like, is is it annoying that someone like Adam Schefter is like always still on top of things? If you're a player, sure. Because he's probably hearing some things that you didn't want to get out there, but somebody lets slip, but to like text him, you know, Hey, lose my number. Nice try though. That's some high school bullshit. Well, also it doesn't help with, uh, and I know a lot of people are probably gonna be like, I don't care, but ultimately, you know, these guys are supposed to be role models, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you preach teamwork and, uh, you know, leaving the ego at the door when you play on a team and uh, having good sportsmanship. And I just feel like that's not really being radiated from him. And, I, and you know, in Green Bay, towards the end of his tenure there, he was pretty pouty, right? And I get it. It happens. We've seen it from Brady. It happens, right? We've seen it from the best of the best. With that being said, Brady never took his frustrations out with the media, and you could even argue that the media is part of the reason why he got a freaking divorce, right? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. because he came back to prove Schefter wrong or or Rappaport or whoever it was. Um, <clears throat> with with Rodgers, like you said, it's just the smartest man in the room mentality where he's just like, I'm better than you, and, uh, you know, I, I'm i just going to keep, keep doing my way, which I, I get – is uh you know admirable to a certain degree but when it comes off as being really cocky and you have one ring to your name sure you have a lot more individual awards but guess what you're going to a team right now where they had something going for a little bit last year right they had uh even with zach wilson they, they were a young fast team um I get that they lost Brees Hall halfway through the year, not even halfway through the year, week like six or seven, something like that. Far too early for my fantasy team. Yeah. I mean, and he's a, he's a beast, right? Uh, I would imagine that he comes back hopefully as strong. I had him on my fantasy team as well. Um, I I just don't understand. And, and I get it. He's saying that that's not, it's not true about the whole wish list thing. Dude, but, they literally went out inside Alan Lazard and the corpse of Randall Cobb. And like my thinking is, is that okay? I get it. Like Corey Davis is probably gone, right? Um, maybe Elijah Moore because he 
complained a lot last year uh, with because he wasn't getting targets. Um, but like they had young possession type receivers. They didn't have a deep threat, but they also didn't have a quarterback for a deep threat. Um, they have a solid tight end room, obviously a, a, a solid running back room. Did they actually end up signing uh, Jamal Charles? Uh, actually, I, I haven't seen or heard of that yet, so I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But there were whispers of that happening. And so, uh, you know, I just it, – it feels like he's tanking the team. And uh, I'm just going to say this. If he has a bad season, this is going to be like a public – whipping session uh if, if he has a bad season next summer is going to be just a, it's going to be awful just yeah. awful and the thing is like he had a bad season with a, an extremely winnable division and now he's in a division with two playoff teams and even though it's been like a few years and the mac jones experience doesn't seem to be going super well you still got belichick and, and uh the patriots sitting right there so he just made his life like infinitely harder. And at the same time, he's trying to be like, hey, look at me. Like everything that I'm doing is going to make this much more, more of a challenge. But you don't get to talk to me about it. And I, I have a question that I'm going to pose to you. If the two of them were the same skin color, regardless of what skin color that was. If Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers were the same skin color, would we be saying they're the exact same person? Because I feel like the reason that comparison doesn't get drawn more is because they play two different sports and one's white and one's black. But like, yeah. if, you, if you look at the pattern of their behavior and their careers, both have one championship. Both are constantly acting like the smartest person in the room. Both have an arrogance that is both at the same time deserved yet undeserved. Both of them have wanted to be moved to new teams. Kyrie Irving has been more successful. Rogers being in the NFL where player empowerment isn't as strong he hasn't done it yet, but you could tell just based on his actions that I'm sure he wanted out of Green Bay a long time ago, but he cares about being liked a little bit more than Kyrie Irving does. The way, like, Aaron Rodgers to me is basically one statement about the earth being flat away <laughs> from being truly a carbon copy of Kyrie Irving. I really believe they're the same person. Yeah. Also, was... like, wickedly talented beyond belief, but only one championship. Yeah, I mean, and to Rogers' credit, you know, I don't think that that Packers team that that won in whatever it was that 2010, 20... it, yeah, it's 2010 sounds right. Um, I don't think that that was the best team in the league that year. So you know, obviously, they were a wild card team. They were the sixth seed. Yeah, I mean, kudos to them. Um, I guess you know, not to throw the little devil's advocate to spin it, but if Rogers does end up taking the Jets to the playoffs. And making some noise. He's going to be loved for forever. The Jets are extremely desperate. Um, and understandably so. But it, it just it feels weird for Jets fans to kind of be like, oh, oh, yeah, we're the greatest right now. Well, in that same vein, because the Jets fans are doing that, if he doesn't take them to the playoffs, I'd say like if he gets them there, they'd be like, oh, okay, cool. They won't turn him into like this superhero until he wins a playoff game but if he doesn't make the playoffs they are going to vilify him i i think so i i i being a, a now a new jersey ice i guess transplant whatever you want to call it um 
I think that there would be a lot more of them that are just right now very happy that the Jets are at least swinging for the fences. And I think that that it, it's almost like when, uh, well, oh, this is so bad. This is the first thing that came to my mind. But when the Orioles went out and got Rafael Palmero, Sammy Sosa, and Vladimir Guerrero towards the very end of their career, and they tried to make a run, and, and I'll even throw Miguel Tejada in there, right? Because there was a brief period where it was like, holy crap, they're actually pulling in some name guys. Now, granted, at that point, majority of them were washed, but it's just kind of like, hey, I'm at least happy to see them trying. I I kind of get that sense from Jet fans. But with that being said, it's also March. Let's talk in like December or January. We call that pulling a Dan Snyder. <sighs> but let, let's move off the NFL because like we've said, we have plenty that we need to be getting to just to play catch up with. Uh, and Chris, at this moment, I'm going to give you a chance to – uh, do a nice little in memoriam for the capital season. We could talk NHL trade deadline, but I, I admit like because the caps are trash this year, or trash compared to how they've been in like recent years and how busy I've been, I really just haven't been paying attention to them. So NHL deadline in memoriam for the caps season and their primary core that won the Stanley cup go. Ooh. Um, well, I have some mixed thoughts on that. Um, they're as we speak, they are trailing three to one against the Sabres. If they lose tonight, I'm saying the season's over. If they win tonight, granted they're losing with five minutes left in the second, they come back and win. Things get really interesting. Um, personally, I kind of hope that they don't make the playoffs. Um, I would like them to get a slightly higher draft pick. Um, with that said, I'm okay with them kind of waving the white flag for this year for a few reasons. Um, and let me see here. I actually took some notes because, you know, I was trying to be a little prepped on this. So this year alone, the Caps have the most man games lost due to injury by a, a mile. So Backstrom missed, missed 16 games. Wilson, 51 Connor Brown, we didn't even get to see him. He played one game, got hurt. Carlson, it was 27 when I took these notes. We're probably up to like 33 now. Haglin, out for the season. Oshie, he he has missed 17. He was just taking a lap on his own because it, I guess he, he tweaked something. Um, Nick Dowd, great fourth-line center, missed 12 games. Faravari, stud young D-man, more of a defensive guy, missed 12. Alexiev. Uh, kind of our offensive young D-men missed 14. Orlov, who we've since traded, missed 16. Kemper, our starting goalie, seven, plus others. That adds up to right there, 63 games uh, sixty-three games in, and that's how many games they've missed. Yikes. I'm sad to see them trade Hathaway and Eller and obviously Orlov to Boston. However, uh, I, I really like how they flipped – the Gustafson trade with Toronto, basically what they ended up doing is trading Hathaway and Orlov <coughs> to Boston for Craig Smith and a first. They then flipped that first with Gustafson, who was a who's his rental at this point, to Toronto, and they got uh, Sandine, who has been fantastic. He's going to be a, sta- a staple on the back end for a long time. 
He's got one uh, another year left on his contract. He's 22, hasn't really been given the chance to shine. In his first nine games, he has eight points as a defenseman. He's plus 14 on the season. Um, he's going to be very good. Great skater. Um, had a has a, 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 just looked fantastic on the power play. Um, so we've got that going. Also, huge thing. Unlike teams like Pittsburgh who players have kind of run themselves into these contract, like no man land zones where they're kind of like towards the end of their career, but they still have two or three years left on their contract. So like financially that really caps and straps the team. The caps don't have that issue. They only have, let's see, did I even write this down? They only have like six players, maybe seven signed for next year. So what does that mean? We're going to see basically a whole fresh crop of guys from Hershey. And because of that, we need to spend some money, meaning we're going to be fishing big time over the summer. <clears throat> now, you put that together with Ovi, who has had a rough year. Uh, obviously, he lost his dad a few weeks ago. Um, even with that said, he's still at, what, like 35 goals? could very well get to 40 this year with uh you know he missed two weeks and then he's missed an odd game here or there because of injury um <clears throat> oshi if he can stay healthy is great um i would like to see them trade kuznetsov we'll save that for a later date uh carlson obviously we don't even have an update he took that shot to the head and i'm assuming he fractured his skull because he's back skating but it's been uh quite some time uh, since we've seen him, uh, I want to say before Christmas, um, <clears throat> they re-signed Dylan Strom and they re-signed Sonny Milano. So two young, fast skaters who are looking very good this year. I don't see what there's not to like. Sure, this year is kind of a wash. <clears throat> but moving forward, we've got a lot to look forward to over the, I'd say the next two years. Um, after that, I think the window is kind of closed. I wouldn't even say the championship window. I think that's kind of already closed, but a playoff competitive team uh, window has closed. So we'll see what happens. Tonight's game is huge. Um, and, yeah, I'm okay with them missing and getting a slightly higher draft pick. Also, I think uh, – well, so Laviolette, our coach, he's kind of a very weird tenure. He came in in the 2019-2020 season, which got messed up because of COVID. Um, and then – the 2021, 20, 20, 2021 season, yeah, was totally messed up because of COVID. Was it right? It was shortened. You couldn't go over the border. You were only playing the same like six teams over and over and over. Things were really weird. Wrote constantly rotating the the cast because of positive tests and whatnot. Um, and now we're we're finally into a normal year, and uh, you know, lots of injuries. Well, his contract's up after the end of this year. I think he's gone. And I think that we might see, possibly, the return of Boost Brudro to Washington. That's that a name be... I haven't heard in a while. <clears throat> yeah. So that that's my guess. It, um, obviously, if they re-sign him, uh, LaViolette, I could also understand that because he's had a very weird tenure. Um, but I'm going to be honest, it just feels like his message has grown old everywhere he's been, whether it was Carolina, Nashville, um, I believe even the Islanders before that. His message grows old after two, three years. He gets teams to kind of perform to their max. 
And you could say that he had the Caps doing that, right, through COVID, which is no small feat considering the absolute mess that that was for hockey. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'll also just throw in there, we were supposed to have Hedrick Lundqvist, and instead we we had the role with uh, Sammy and uh, good old Vitek, who's now killing it for the Devils. So who knows? Hockey's a weird game. Um you just need to get in it, and you don't know what's going to happen. So, once again, tonight's game is huge. Uh, you know, there's 30 seconds left in the second. They're down by two. I'm okay if they don't win. But if they do, let the games begin because the next three weeks are going to be insane. So, end. Well, really, I don't feel like I can add much to that. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I really – I. I've maybe watched five minutes of hockey so far this year. Like I hate to admit it because I've always been so like locked into it in the past, but with the team being kind of iffy uh, this year with all the injuries I kept hearing about and everything, it, it was hard for me to want to go out of my way to go watch it. Um, just because I'm sitting here going, I only have so many free nights a week to, to watch sports. And when I do that, I, I'm going to, watch college basketball because that's kind of my primary so hey you know what that's fine i i couldn't tell you who's leading either conference right now in points in hockey and i feel terrible about that i also couldn't tell you who's in first place in the nba on either division Ooh, nba i have no idea well i'm saying that like and i constantly listen to like sports podcasts when i'm in the car like i still couldn't tell you sean so we are in disaster scenario right now because sandine the young stud demon that we just traded for is on the ground in excruciating pain, holding his knee. <sighs> okay. Well, I don't know if he took a shot. The guys are looking at him right now, but he is in a ton of pain. All right. Well, I hate to get you off of this because uh, that's something that's very important to you. However, something that's very important to me and my wallet is going on right now. So right now, Right now, right now, which is why those who can't see this uh, because I'm not posting the YouTube won't know this. But Chris is watching my eyes very much not be on our screen here uh, because it is is on my TV in the background. March Madness is here, baby. And the March sweats have begun. So I am playing games right now. It is fairly Dickinson and Texas Southern. Now, as you know, I don't bet a lot of money on anything. But it doesn't matter whether I'm betting $5 or $500. I hate losing. So because of that, I have a two-leg parlay with Fairleigh Dickinson plus seven. That's not in doubt. That's been open and shut for a while. It is 84 to 61, and I need this total to stay under 153. There's a minute and 18 left in the game. Oh. <clears throat> I have seven points that I can allow. But at this point, Fairleigh Dickinson is up by 23. They have no reason to play any defense. So Texas Southern is going to get easy looks at the bucket. But Dickinson has also been draining threes all night long. So they could just fire another one up. This could be costly for me. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, we are officially in the best, it's not quite the weekend yet, but weekend of the year. 
because even if I lose, even if I'm mad about the fact that I lose, oh man, this is so fun because like four minutes or like with, with five minutes left on the clock in this game, I thought that my under was locked, sealed, put away. And then Fairly Dickinson, like back to back, drains a couple threes. Texas Southern, like, takes the ball down low, kind of gets a couple of easy looks at the basket. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at this going, oh, crap, this might actually be happening here. Three-pointer in the air, three-pointer missed. Cool, drain some more clock. Three-pointer in the air, three-pointer missed. Yes, run some clock. So these are just the play-in games. And I I really feel bad because I kind of cut the hockey thing short. But when we get to hockey playoffs, I'm sorry, th- that's all you. Like, we're, we're going to dive into <laughs> hockey playoffs. Th- this, is, this is my holy grail weekend. This is like my literally my favorite time of year. It's so much fun. Even these play-in games, like especially now that I can put like a dollar or two here on these games, and that, that is enough to get me fully emotionally invested. This is so worth it. And like we're at 84-61, so still at the same score. Fairly Dickinson looks like they're gonna bleed the clock. It looks like I'm gonna be okay. But in this span of time, like I have gone through just a roller coaster of emotions. So let's get into the real bracket because the last playing game comes after this, which is Arizona State, Arizona State and Nevada. After that, we can talk about the real tournament. This is just kind of, this is an appetizer and it has wet my appetite and I'm loving it. But the tournament is here. My bet has officially won. Thank God. Um because first it, W in March, right? Uh no, I had a I had one yesterday. Okay. But uh cuz there were two playing games yesterday. But um, no, either way, it doesn't matter. I only bet like $5 on this game, but I still just hate losing so much that I'm like, cool, I won it. Awesome. We're happy. Um, But the bracket is here. There has been a ton of stuff that has gone down. A ton of stuff. Um, First and foremost, rest in peace, Towson. It was nice to know you how I knew you. As the season started to shake out, I realized it was going to go the exact way that I thought it was going to go, where... They had all the talent in the world. They had every reason to win their conference, win their conference tournament and everything. But there was just one team that they could not get over the hump with. That is the Charleston Cougars. Charles, uh, the Charleston Cougars are in the NCAA tournament. And I am pissed because they are a 12 seed. And looking at this tournament bracket, I feel like they honestly have it just like a clear path to the Sweet 16. Because San Diego State, the Mountain West, consistently underperforms in the tournament. Furman could easily beat Virginia because Virginia, as I mentioned earlier, can't make buckets. So that could give you a 12 versus 13. And Charleston is the kind of team that, much as I hate to say it, can light up the scoreboard. So I wanted to see them get their butts kicked for what they did to my team. Unfortunately, it looks like they're going to make the Sweet 16. Hey, now. That, I mean, that's, I'd be that's lying. My own, that's my own personal diatribe. I would be lying if I did not have them winning at least the first round. Yeah. I, either way, um, let's move to the full bracket. So I think it, given time constraints that we can move through some things uh, kind of quickly. Uh, do you have any major first round upsets that you'd like to point out? I've already called out two of them with Charleston and Furman. Oh, man. Um, let me see here. So I, I have Charleston being as, um, San Diego State. Um, kind of my well, um, let's see, I'll save that for 
I'm just going through each side right now. So I have Providence upsetting Kentucky in the first round. Um, mainly because Kentucky seems to be one of those teams and, and really um, any of the teams coached by Capillary is, or what, however you say his last name, Calipari. Calipari is either home run going for the championship or fizzles out within the first round. Um, and so I tend to think it's going to be on the ladder. And um, so I have Providence beating Kentucky first round. Um, see any other major? I have Drake beating Miami. I think that Miami got a taste of uh, a nice little run last year. Maybe it doesn't come in with the same attitude as last year. Um, and I have, let's see, another big upset. Anything in the West? Boise State beating Northwestern, but I w- really wouldn't say that's much of an upset. It, to a degree, it would be because the Mountain West is notorious for getting a bunch of teams to the tournament then doing absolutely nothing. Mm. Yeah. Now, Chris, real quick, what have I always said about one particular coach when it comes to the month of March? He's currently the head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. I was going to say Tennessee. Um, Don't uh, trust Rick Barnes in March. I'm going to take the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to upset Tennessee because Tennessee's starting point guard is done for the season. He is truly the straw that makes that uh, that drink move over there. So Tennessee hasn't been the same without him. Rick Barnes in March is something that you never just want to buy into. I will take Louisiana and I'll happily go down with that ship and be wrong because even if Tennessee wins that game, they're not making it to the second weekend. Fair. I don't have – I have Tennessee actually – might need to, need, to, need to make some tweaks here tonight. I have them go into the round of 16, mainly because I have them against Duke in that second round. And I unfortunately have Duke in the Sweet 16. Yeah, and I didn't want to put Duke in the Sweet 16. So uh, Yeah, I tried to pick logically just because I'm in a buddies of mine bracket and I want bragging rights, so I was trying to get a lot of things right. I mean, of course, of course, right? Yeah. I mean – um, are we going with any like sleeper picks here? Maybe not for the championship, but to make a run. Well, let's let's just let's start with our final four because we got about six minutes until this thing is wrapping up on us. Let's talk final four. Who do you have as your final four? Arizona and Michigan State, and Houston and Gonzaga. All right, so I'd say Michigan State's a sleeper pick. Give me your explanation. Well. It's no secret Michigan State's playing with a heavy heart this year, right? Uh, some some uh, not-so-fun stuff happening on their campus a few weeks ago. With that said, Tom Izzo is a seasoned coach who knows how to win this time of the year and has proven that. Um, and they play a style. Uh, and if the, the fact that I'm saying this, someone who does not watch a million college basketball games – the fact that I know that they play a fairly balanced style with maybe a little bit more so leaning towards the defensive end of things, um, it just it, it lines up perfect for this time of the year. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, who do you have in your championship game and who do you have as your winner? So I have Michigan State and Houston, and I have Houston winning. Okay. Uh, Sean, I'm like, watch as I say that, I'm watching your face just like, go to utter disgust it's not disgust it's uh you know hey fortune favors the bold and those are some bold choices i i don't hate it i you know i respect it i don't agree with it but i respect it fair 
So I am going with an all Big 12 final, uh, Final Four plus Alabama. So I have out of the South region, Alabama winning. Uh, spoiler alert, I have Alabama winning the whole thing. Um, out of the East region, I have Kansas State. I don't think Purdue makes it to the second weekend. I really think Memphis comes through and upsets them. And I don't know enough about Memphis, but I feel like Duke will make it to the Elite Eight against Kansas State. Uh, I think Kansas State takes down Marquette. Give me the Wildcats to make the Final Four, then lose to the eventual champions, Alabama. Uh, in the Midwest, I have Texas coming out because... Houston, their best player, Marcus Sasser, is hurt. I don't know if or when he'll be back. Uh, and then I have Kansas coming out of the West because, in all honesty, I, I don't know who else I would trust out of that division. I, like, I would have taken TCU, but one of their uh, main guys is hurt. I'd take Gonzaga because they're kind of in a no-pressure situation for the first time in, like, forever. But at the same time, I feel like there's a reason why they're in a no-pressure situation because they just weren't all that good. And I feel like the rest of the teams in that bracket are just kind of boom or bust. I feel like Kansas has been the most consistent all year. Uh, and while Texas has been more on top of Kansas recently than Kansas has, like I think Texas won two out of three this year, you've got yourself an uh, assistant head coach who's been playing head coach, yes, for a majority of the season, but you're going to put him up against Bill Self in a Final Four, in my opinion. I think Bill Self wins that one. So give me Kansas to win that game. And I think the big reason why I have Alabama winning is because they do have the best player in the country, but I'm just going to say this and it feels weird saying it. It'd be the perfect Alabama thing in history for them to win the championship with all of this other garbage going on, because there is no more fan base delusional than Alabama fans. I say that knowing that my dad is to a degree an Alabama fan because that's where he was born. He's not really a delusional fan like that. But still, this would just be like the, the most Alabama thing that could happen right now is amidst all this garbage is for the team to just kind of go through and win a championship. And then after that, because they won the championship, it seems like, you know, all their sins have been maybe not forgiven, but forgotten. It it's would fun. certainly follow suit with uh... – you know, the Bama way for better or for worse. Um, and also, in all, I, I think it's super hard to repeat in college basketball. So when I put Kansas in the championship game, I was like, I don't, I don't really know if I can take them back to back years. True. I yeah. will say though, it's, uh, it's kind of weird talking about Bama this time of the year. Obviously we, I, I still feel like they're just a football school. It would be more fun to talk about them if it weren't for the circumstances. Yeah, that is true. Um, Overall, though, uh, just to kind of move away from the Bama thing, the reason why I have three Big 12 teams in there is because the Big 12 was far and away the best conference all season. And I feel like this is kind of put up or shut up time. The ACC does tend to overperform in the or in March, which is why I have Duke making it to the Elite Eight because – in terms of things that would perfectly make me roll my eyes, that's one of them. Um, but the Big 12 has been the best conference all season. Every other conference has been, eh, okay. So, what about Maryland? Maryland, uh, there's a very good chance that they lose in the first round because they are playing a Big 12 team in West Virginia. Bob Huggins is an absolute legend at a coach. Um, and Kevin Willard, it's his first time in the postseason with Maryland. 
these guys are still mostly new to Willard's system. They weren't that great on the road this year. In fact, they were terrible on the road. They were okay on neutral site games. Studs at home, though. Yes, but they won't be playing at home. Even if they win this game, they lose to Alabama. And with that note, uh, we are de- we are under a minute here, so I'm going to quickly wrap up and say thank you to everybody for listening. Sorry to end this so unceremoniously, but despite everything that I have going on, I still don't feel like paying for pro with Zoom. Thank you. My all voice for is shot anyway, so you're good. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> thank you for thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>